This episode of ArcaSpeak is brought to you by our friends at ArcCat. You have heard us talk about ArcCat in our podcasts by now. Hopefully you've taken the time to visit their site because this is such a great tool for you, the design professional. For this episode, I want to tell you about something new that ArcCat has launched. It's called Charette. This is another great free service from ArcCat for you to take advantage of. Create a project, assign tasks, Share and collaborate with colleagues and clients in real time. You can use it as a tool to just simply promote your firm for the world to see. At a minimum, this is free advertising for your firm. Simply put up photos and create a portfolio for people to browse. We helped our cat during the beta test, and we think it's pretty slick. In addition to all the other features we've talked about that our cat offers, this is another awesome free service from our cat. Make sure you go check it out. You've got nothing to lose, so go over to rcat.com and click on the Project Login link right on the top of the homepage. Thanks again for RCAT, who is our longest-running sponsor of ArcaSpeak, for sponsoring this episode of the show. We here at the ArcaSpeak podcast are extremely excited to have our latest sponsor on this episode, which is the American Institute of Architects. And they want to introduce Architectural Adventures, which is the new travel program from the AIA. Join Architectural Adventures on immersive small group tours that take you behind the scenes to experience exclusive access to the world's greatest architecture. Delight in world-class accommodations and fine regional dining with like-minded travelers. Tours range from 5 to 20 days and include an architectural expert selected by the AIA to ensure enjoyment for architecture enthusiasts and intellectually curious travelers alike. Visit architecturaladventures.org slash podcast to sign up for updates and find out more about the remaining 2017 tours and the 2018 lineup. Again, that's architecturaladventures.org slash podcast. And thanks to the AIA for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. Welcome to ArcaSpeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 118 of the ArcaSpeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. This episode, we wanted to kind of continue our tradition of kind of reinforcing the importance of getting out of the office and doing some summer traveling. And so we've done this a couple of times in the past. I think we've done it once each year. I mean, um, I, I can't remember. It, it exactly. might help if we actually look that up and check, we, but that's we, okay. Yeah. We do we a lot of homework those. for this. Episode. It's too much work. We're talking about the importance of getting away from work. Yeah. So, uh, and, and Neil just got back from a kind of a big trip and I'm about to go on one and Cormac's going to tag on to the end of mine being out. So we've got a lot of, of, of work to do to keep the Arca Speak podcast running this summer while we're off. Uh, traveling and, and going to our various destinations. So we thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about that. And just because of the kind of alignment of the AIA sponsorship of this episode, talking about their uh, architectural adventures program that they're offering, uh, it just kind of all lined up. And so here we are. And I guess kicking things off, let's let's start with you, Neil, because you just got back and this is all like super fresh in your memory. Maybe you can talk a little bit about your summer trip that you've done and then maybe where you're going next. The, the first of two. Yeah, what'd you do? What'd you do, Neil? Uh, what did I? Well, we went back to New York. It was 
kind of a unexpected, not necessarily unexpected, but shortly planned trip to attend a family member's wedding. And so we decided, well, if we have to go back to New York anyway, let's uh, take off a few days before we have to go to the wedding and visit New York City. I hadn't been there since 2003, and that was the only time I'd ever been there. And all it did for two days, the two days I was there, was rain. So I hadn't seen the sun in New York yet. <laughs> <laughs> so fortunately, the the five days we were in the city, it was pretty spectacular. It, it pretty much was sunny, it, very hot, though. It was in the 90s uh, back there. So yeah. if any of you know East Coast weather in 90s, it's not necessarily the most pleasant, but it was at least it. very nice. <laughs> yeah. Cormac, do you know anything about that? <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> You're already running the AC. <laughs> yeah it's early yeah it, it was definitely pretty warm especially the day we got out to uh to liberty island and to see the statue of liberty it was like i think it got up to about 95 96 that day so not not the most pleasurable uh experience there but it was pretty spectacular to uh, be able to go to new york one and have fantastic weather we walked on along the high line which was a pretty amazing uh project that of an old um what was it? Elevated rail. Um, yeah. Yeah. And after years of neglect, I think the, the story, I don't, I didn't get into the entire story of this, but my, my rough recollection is that over time, of course, it, weeds and, and just flowers and different things started growing on this thing. And, and people had the idea of, Hey, let's, let's turn it into something. And they did. There was a, it was, I believe an architectural competition uh, that, turned this into what it what it is now and it's a pretty spectacular i think it's a mile and a half long and you get some spectacular views of the city because you're elevated and you get to see through different corridors or or just avenues that uh, in different perspectives than you would get from the street level and then it's just lined with trees and different foliage and different seating areas off to the side and it, it's a pretty spectacular project and a, and a great thing to experience if you if you're in New York because you get the feeling like you're in the big city but you're completely surrounded with it's like a little bit of central park through the middle of the city it, it's it's mm -hmm. very strange but it's a wonderful experience and if anybody goes there i highly recommend it yeah we're actually uh, planning on a, a weekend trip um to the city so that was one of the thing after seeing and I don't know if anybody noticed this, the few shots here and there of you <laughs> on the It was a plethora. <laughs> uh, no, actually, <laughs> I mean, honestly, because of all of the shots and stuff, I'm like, okay, you know, every time we go to the city, we for some reason never seem to get a chance to go to the High Line. I don't know why, just here, there, or whatever. I mean, we're only there for like a day or whatever. And uh, to see all the shots, I'm like, you know what, I gotta go see the High Line because it, yeah, it looks cool. Too. It looks fantastic. I went there on my last trip, and it was like like Neil is kind of alluding to it. It stands above a lot of the other memories that I have from that trip because of its impact on me. And as a piece of landscape architecture, and as a piece of infrastructure, and the way that it just kind of stitches these blocks and neighborhoods together and brings all these—it's so activated. Yes, I mean that's one of the things that that is so epic about it. I think is just how it totally activated the west side of the city there to pull everybody into this outdoor space. And then just how you kind of get, like you're talking about, Neil, all these different vantage points of 
under buildings and over buildings and in between buildings and and they kind of put the city on display. You know, there's like these little amphitheaters where you can just hang out and have a picnic right. while you're looking at, you know, the traffic going underneath you and stuff. It's just amazing. And so I, it, it really does stand out because how different it is, I think. I mean, it's just one of those places that it was leftovers, right? Yeah. And now it's not, now it's now it's center of the action. So it's very cool. Yeah, it, it was very warm the day we walked it. And I think we spent maybe three hours or more just just kind of walking this thing walking sitting down kind of experiencing it having some ice cream along the way uh checking out some of the uh different uh booths as far as uh, supporting it they they sell t-shirts and other uh things to help uh, fund and the continuing funding of of the highline so it it's something you definitely don't, it's not something you just kind of walk and blow through. You you really have to experience it and spend some time walking through it. And and there's some notable architecture to see. I think there's a Zahad uh, a Hadid uh, project that you walk right next to and, and a couple other noted architects uh, projects that you walk by. Doesn't it start or end or however it's depicted at the Whitney? Yeah. Yes, it does. Probably it, it, the newest edition. The, the new Whitney. Yeah. The new Whitney Museum, yeah. It it depends on which side. We for us, it was the end of of the walk, uh, and 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 we actually got to go in the Whitney as well. Did you go? Uh, did you go end to end? Uh, we did. We did. Our oh, hotel was cool. up like about two blocks away from the beginning near the Hudson River, so we started there, and uh, and in fact, on one of my, I I, I was able to run several times. Uh, in fact, on a on a suggestion from one of our listeners, Laura, uh, that uh, to go out and run along the Hudson, there's it's really spectacular. So I got a chance to do that, and the first day I didn't really know where I was going. So I, as I was making my way down to the Hudson, I saw some people exiting off of um, the street and and onto what looked like a run, you know, a place to walk or run. And so I kind of turned and I went onto it, and then I started like elevating. And turning, and I'm like, wait a minute! Oh, I see the path down, you know, the Parkway path down by the Hudson, um, and I'm on this elevated thing. What what is this? And I and it kind of circles around, and I'm like, oh, wait! I think I'm actually on the High Line. I had yeah. no idea, and yeah. so I kind of turns. Uh, yeah, so I I stopped or I came to a point where there was a stairwell, and I was able to go down and then back out to uh, the Hudson and and along the Parkway there and. And that that's a spectacular thing to do. The, of course, it, running in almost eighty degree weather at eight o'clock in the morning wasn't necessarily the most pleasurable thing. But probably, probably sixty seventy percent humidity. Yeah, I never checked actually, but it definitely uh, it was definitely uncomfortable <laughs> to say the least. But it was it was fun to do that too because you get to experience kind of something I don't think everyone gets if you're just in the city or doing things like that. So I'm running along the Hudson and other people are either on the weekend. When I did it, you get lots of other people that are running or walking and biking, lots of biking along this. It's almost like they had two different trails. It was the bike trail to the left and the walking trail off to the right. And oftentimes they were separated. So very spectacular. And it's just some great views of the city and kind of how people really live I think was the biggest impact of being able to do that because I, I went in both both directions from where my hotel was. So I'm, I'm a little off on my 
northwest, east, and south uh, directions when I get to New York because I'm I'm just not there enough. But I went one direction a couple of times and another direction another time. But what I notice is how people really live in a big city. I don't live in a big city. And so for me, it was interesting to see, hey, there's there's people out. There's uh, all of the, I think New York was a great example, especially along this, along the Hudson, the running paths along there was just a great example of how people can live in a big city, but still be close to nature and have little small areas of community gatherings or small gathering areas. So as a, as a landscape or city planning sort of exercise, it was just fascinating because there were times I didn't feel like I was in a big city Mm -hmm. or that all of this stuff was happening around me. Uh, I mean, the Tony awards happened while we were there had no clue should have actually known because maybe we could have uh, uh, lined the red carpet area and seen some stars or something you know some hollywood or, or not hollywood but uh, you know some actors and and different things so that would have been probably cool but, but that's cool but i mean there all these things are happening in this big city and yet you can feel very um safe and just different experiences of different spaces you know that you can run out on some of the piers and it's just a wonderful experience to experience from an architectural standpoint. How can we create different, you know, these different landscape spaces in a big city? Yeah. So I found that part very fast, you know, really fun to experience, I should say. And you guys took your kids on this trip, right? So it was, it was a family outing. Yes, it was. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So the kids got to run around and, I think that it's a benefit of being on the West Coast and going East because the kids, there's so much to see in New York and things are up very, you know, open very late and much later than locally here. So the kids had a three hour advantage so they could easily stay up till midnight or one o'clock because it's only, you know, nine or 10 for us here, at least for the first three or four days. I don't know if the kids ever actually kind of switched time zones because they were it was rough getting them up in the morning and, <laughs> and tough to get them to go to sleep at night. That's for sure. But that, that just sounds like a kid. I, yeah, probably. <laughs> and, and Hey, it's pretty exciting to be there, oh, especially yeah. cruising through times square at like midnight on a Saturday or Sunday, Sunday, Saturday or Sunday night. And yeah. it's just all the people and all the lights and all the activity. Uh, I think for them, it was uh, quite the experience. We, we did get to, um, go up to the top of the One World Trade Center or One World Observatory, they call it. Wonderful experience. If anybody gets a chance to go, definitely do that. It's much, it's it's very different. It's a different sort of experience than going to either the top of the rock or to the Empire, top of the Empire State Building. Those are, you just kind of, you walk up, you get out and you look around. And I give the people that, designed the One World Trade Center, that experience, the observatory, uh, a lot of credit because they turned it into an experience. And I'm, I'm, I, won't, I won't spoil anything for anybody. If you go experience it, it's really cool. Eventually, yes, you do get to walk around and look out, but they turn it, they, they have a process that you go through as you go up and you get out and you go to eventually getting out and looking around. So it was kind of a modern take on how can we turn this into more of an experience than you just walking up some stairs or getting out of an elevator and going out and looking through the the plexiglass to see the city. 
Very cool. It's very cool. Well, the cool thing about real quick, the cool thing about the High Line, um, because you know you were talking about going to Rockefeller Center and places up, kind of closer to Central Park, mm-hmm. and that's usually where we always end up every time we're touristing up New York City, and. So to have the High Line and all of the different things that the High Line and in the new kind of um, like uh, park area along the Hudson that you were running and stuff like that down kind of, I know, in lower Manhattan kind of really starts to help bring that city further to the south. Because, I mean, most of the time, every time we went there, it was it was totally there. Be, you know, we, if we went there, we were really just trying to find a specific something. It wasn't, hey, this is kind of part of this whole New York experience because it's the business center. Mm. And now it's, and of course, anybody from New York who's probably listening to this is like, no, you're full of crap, which I probably am. But um, at least now with like the High Line and stuff, touristy people who are wanting to see, you know, more of the city and get to feel a little bit more of what's going on outside of all the tourist districts of Broadway and Central Park and stuff. Actually, for me, that that's now, like, the only thing that we're going to be doing is going to be hanging out in, like, lower Manhattan and going checking out all of the things that are happening down there because it's a part of the city that I haven't really had a chance to experience. And, you know, it sounds like you had a great time. Yeah, it was it was pretty spectacular getting a chance to see the memorial. We didn't go through the museum I'm quite honestly, I'm not sure I'm ready to do that, uh, especially with the kids right now. It would be really interesting to see the, um, oh, what's the shopping center there next to the One World Trade Center? I'm totally blanking on the name now. Mm, not sure. Um, we'll have somebody tell us. <laughs> yes. Um, that's, that's a spectacular experience. That's the, um, oh, why am I forgetting uh, the architect and engineer that uh, does the bridges and Calatrava. 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 That's Calatrava's building that he did. The Westfield Shopping Center. There's name. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes. But that is just spectacular to experience. It's right next to the the memorial oh, to, the, to the twin the towers. transportation hub. Yes, then the transportation hub. Yes, there's oh, a shopping so center a, too. They have a shopping mall in there as well. There's a shopping mall in there as well. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna leave my comments alone. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it it was pretty spectacular. I mean, just everything about New York. And again, we we experienced great weather, and of course, the day we leave the city to go to where the wedding was, which was a couple hours north, we start to get the rain. And some of them not quite as pleasant weather, but it was like five days of just perfect, perfect weather. So as an architect and doing this traveling, I mean, bring it back to, does this affect what you, does this affect what you do in any way you feel like? I don't know if it affects what I do. I think what it does affect is just from a life experience, which of course always affects everything you do, right? You always Mm -hmm. think about, hey, I saw this, or I experienced this space, or here's how they did it here. So I think, I I can't think of any uh, specific things right off the top of my head that affect what I do. Well, I could see like when you were just just talking about the way that they used outdoor space and 
the way that they've planned it and landscaped it in different ways than that really created something that stood out to you. I could see ideas like that informing work that you do, right? Because I think at some level, we we get to the point where we tend to do what we've done right before and, and apply strategies that worked to our new projects, whether we know if they're going to really work or whether it's the right solution for that project, because it's based on our experience. And so like what you're saying is the experiences you had will affect your life. And so I'm, I'm just wondering if you can see any connection to your work, it, it affecting that. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a good example. So this week at the office, we're working on creating a community building for an existing apartment uh, low-income apartment complex. And so it'll be a new building. And typically I've done a few of these already this year for the, the same client. And typically they're kind of one monolithic sort of space and community space with a, either a kitchenette or a small kitchen, some computers, a laundry room, some service office and a property management office. It's kind of the basic program that for some of these smaller complexes. And so where we were going to put this one through the, and, and this was just coming to the top of my mind as you mentioned, as you asked me this question, because I didn't think of it this way, but as we were working on this project, I actually, we actually split the building and we separated the laundry and the service office from the the rest of the community building, which is more kind of a public space for the, for, for the residents and we split them and I'm like, well, what if we, you know, we, we, op- we, we create two separate smaller buildings and instead of putting them together and I can open this space up, I can line it with some trees and I can put some benches out here along this area and I can make the entrance to the laundry and the service offices off of this area. So you've got engagement. And then if people are waiting for the laundry, instead of maybe walking all the way back to their apartment, they can actually sit outside and sit in these benches and things and create this like outdoor space. So I had not made the connection, but I guarantee you there was some influence of what I experienced just a week ago in creating the design for this, for this building and the space around it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So unconsciously, I bet you (laughs) there it is, right? You're right. And, and just, if you continue to sit in the cube and just do the, the day in day out stuff, that doesn't happen. Right. I think, I think there's a big disconnect between looking at pictures on websites for how potential solutions, like we talked about in one of our previous episodes, right. Designed by Google um, versus actually getting out and just experiencing stuff, right? Experiencing different landscapes, different ideas, different buildings, no matter what it is. But if you're constantly, you're like, like you're saying, that subconscious is kind of taking that stuff in and processing it, and you never know where it's going to come out. I think that's kind of exciting. Yeah. And think about this, Neil. I mean, you may not have specifically been going to New York to look at architecture and, and put on your ar- you know your architect goggles and say this is what I want to see but just through going and getting ice cream with your kids or running down the Hudson and all of these other things those observations and just kind of the seeing the way people are living and engaging with their architecture kind of helped inform you know what you 
what you're working on because you're like, you know, it kind of fits. It works. It, it, it helps. And just the way that you explained it, it sounds like if they build it this way, think about, you know, how much more the experience is going to be enriched by, you know, having these outdoor spaces and kind of like these little separate spaces, just kind of creating this rather than just a single building with, you know, a single use kind of thing. It's, it's now creating a comments and something that almost creates community engagement just by your running down the Hudson or getting some ice cream with your kids or right. walking along the high line purely subconsciously. It's like elevated your design. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I did one thing, one architecture, uh, building of note that I did get to finally experience in person was the Guggenheim museum. I was going to say, you know, I, I, I do yeah. remember those pictures. Uh, yeah, that I, uh, we didn't, uh, by the time we got there, we got into the lobby, but they had, it was less than 20 minutes or 25 minutes before they closed. And they wouldn't let us actually pay to go see and experience the rest of the building. Sometimes that's enough. But we did at least get into the building and experience the lobby area. We didn't get to go upstairs or anything. And then we were, of course, outside, and I got a chance to walk around the the building. And what what a great structure. I mean, totally not contextual at all, but what what a wonderful (laughs) building to experience. Iconic. Very iconic, yeah. And that's certainly a building I've seen and idolized for a long time. I love curves. I love simple shapes and things. So to experience that as an architect was like, wow, this is really great. And then at the same time, just it's like, wow, I find I've it, it's real, right? I, I think that was probably the biggest thing in experiencing that building was, oh, it, it, it's really there. It, it's yeah. real, right? Because I've yeah. only ever yeah. experienced it in a book or photos or something like that. And it's it's so iconic. And yet, no, it, it's actually real. People use this space. You know, there's vendors on the corner that probably have no real appreciation for the architecture, but they know it's a tourist area or, you know, people. There, I, there were people taking pictures all around this building from across the street and all over. And when we were there was a fantastic time because it was late in the afternoon and the sun was behind the, or in front of the building. So we got some great light golden, the golden hour. in front of it. None of it was in shadow. So that was just fantastic. If you're there, if you want to experience the Guggenheim, I recommend going in the later afternoon to the building because that'll be the best light to take a photograph of the building and not in the morning when the sun will be behind the building. Right, right. So speaking of Frank Lloyd Wright, Cormac. Hmm. Speaking of which, good segue. Cute it up there yeah. for you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, put it, set it on the T. No coach pitch. <laughs> Just uh, let me lob it right on out. No. So today we're, uh, as we're recording this, I'm kind of saying, all right, you know, let's, let's, uh, quicker, quicker tell that story. Right. Nice. No. I'm got kidding. a long drive ahead of you. But, yes. Yeah. I got a long drive ahead of me. Three hours. We are, my wife texted me while I was at work the other day and, She's like, you know what? Let's uh, let's go to Falling Water this weekend. Now, I've been. They've my family's never been, and kind of much like what you're talking about, Neil. It's like, how do you, how do you get a uh, an architectural like tour, vacation, or whatever in, and also kind of make it fun for the kids? Now, I sometimes I never really give them the option. They're like, hey, we're gonna go see 
Mount Vernon. And, you know, while I'm looking at the architecture and everything else, they're, you know, kind of experiencing what life was like on, you know, Mount Vernon of the time and stuff like that. And this one's kind of more specific to it's you're going out into the middle of the woods because there's a really cool house there. Um, the cool house. And, uh, and so how am I, how am I going to make it kind of fun for them is the, the cool thing is, is that there's hiking trails and walking trails and that's stuff that they really kind of enjoy doing and, um, being able to put it in the context of, you know, dad gets to go see a really cool, uh, um, historic building that is again, you know, most of the time people just see it in magazines or online or whatever. Uh, so I'm going to get the opportunity to at least share the experience with my wife who's been wanting to go see it, but unfortunately just time hadn't, hadn't done it. I, I went a couple of years ago when they were out of town on vacation. I was like, you know, well, I've, I've got the, I've got the data myself. Let me just drive out there. And it's a three hour drive from where I live. And it's a great drive too. Cause you know, you, you get to drive and it, it, you leave the city and then it starts going into, you know, just like suburb and into like the rural mountain landscape. And then boom, you're in the middle of the woods with this absolutely amazing house just perched over the top of a really cool running stream. And think to yourself, how did he get away with this? How, how did, how did this guy just really, cause there is, so the photograph that everybody sees of it perched up on the, the rocky little cliff with the water running under, underneath it. And you see like the little falls and everything else. That was the vision that the Kaufmans wanted to see outside of their window. They wanted to see that from their window of the house. And so where, where the, um, where people are kind of like perch taking photographs of the building, that's where the building was supposed to be. And they're sitting there and they're like, you know, well, you know, we really want to, you know, see this view. And Frank's like, all right, how about this? Instead of seeing the view, why don't you be part of the view? Why don't you engage, you know, I mean, why do you, why do you guys go, you know, why do you love this particular spot on, on this site? And they're like, oh, you know, let's do, you know, let's do this. We, well, we go and we swim in the water. We, we go and, you know, we, we, we climb along the rocks and all this other stuff. And, and he's like, okay. And then he comes back and he shows them. They're like, we never, never in our wildest dreams thought to do that. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I get, I'm, we're, that's what we're going to do today is we're going to be driving, driving up there. We're going to hang out there for the day and then just uh, drive back. Awesome. <laughs> that's what we do. That's a great, great little outing. I mean, it's a, it's going to yeah. have a ton of impact, I think too. Oh yeah. On the yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and then, and then just being able to kind of like the hike the woods and, and all of that other stuff, because it just, it's just fun. Road trips are the best. Honestly, like road trips are, there's a, it's a great way to just get out and see things and not make a big deal out of the planning. Like you could just go and, and I have actually, there's a, a colleague of mine who's got a motorcycle and he's on a two week, um, just motorcycle trip up through nice. starting here in Southern California, all the way up to Glacier National Park in Montana. Oh, wow. And wow. all the way up just to, you know, to the border of Canada. And he's just kind of, I said, okay, so what's, what's the itinerary? And he, it was like, I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> We're just going to figure it out as we go. And I think that's so awesome, man. Like, like there's just something to 
the journey rather than the destination that makes it so neat. And and that's like the antithesis of, of what I'm about to do. Yeah. Well, that that's exactly what we do. Like all of our weekend trips, the great thing, I will say the great thing about living on the East coast, especially kind of mid Atlantic region is we can drive for a few hours. It takes me four hours to get to New York city. Mm-hmm. It takes me three hours to get to falling water. It takes me three and a half, maybe four hours to get to Pittsburgh. And then literally just draw this little circle around where I live and all of the different places that I can go. You know, Philly is an hour and a half away. And you got all these different places that you can experience distinctly different things. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Philly is different than New York. And it's different from like driving through Lancaster County, Pennsylvania right. and seeing all the rural farmlands and, and the Amish and, and things like that. I mean, it's just completely different things. And and that's what we love about the areas because we can just do that and have absolutely no plan on where we're going. We just, we're hoping to get in kind of a, a trip that we, we want. I mean, we've got our, our normal trips planned for the summer, but you know, there's one trip that we have been talking about really wanting to do, and it might turn into being just a, really long weekend which is still a doable thing but it's point our truck north to maine (laughs) and drive yeah till we can get to acadia national park Mm -hmm. maybe camp a day or two and then turn around and drive back but drive back on the back roads try to avoid highways and then just see what we run into i mean (laughs) that's what we did when we went to niagara over the uh christmas break we, we stayed completely off the highways as much as possible. And just the back roads and all of the really cool little old towns that are like 150 and 200-year-old towns that are still there that are just maybe not thriving as much as they used to, but you know still cool little hole-in-the-wall diners and things like that, just really getting a chance to see kind of old Americana yeah. uh, just is absolutely amazing. Yeah, the more you can disconnect from the normal, right? The 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 commute style, right? And get on those back roads yeah. and actually yes. be looking where you're going and not actually sure and trying to figure figure it out as you go along and and taking the time to stop here and there to you know read the signs and and whatnot uh, is, I think that's just like a great strategy if you want to put it that way to getting out of the house and doing something that will actually affect your career in different ways that you never thought of. So again, bringing this stuff back to what you do, you, you're seeing things and, and you're because cities are built over time and you get to see how someone has to deal with somebody else's problem and turn it into an opportunity and figure those things out. When you, when you visit these old, especially these super old towns, like you're talking about, we don't have those here on the West coast, right? We, we don't, we don't have anything that old. So you get to see how they built on top of this and how they got around that and experience that stuff as you're driving through these back roads. It's really cool. And I'm sure it affects kind of, you know, it could affect campus planning in, in a way oh, yeah. that you never thought yeah. of, you know, or, or whatever. Like the engagement of um, how bringing it back to Neil's trip to New York, I mean, the High Line. You know, right now we've got this uh, cool little project that we're working on, which is just a pedestrian bridge that connects the older part of this campus to its new expansion. Well, unfortunately it's kind of cut off between the new expansion and the old part of the main part of the campus by a double track railroad. And you kind of like elevate up over the top of it. And then you have this really small 
currently right now it's this really kind of diminutive um, little uh, uh, pedestrian bridge that you cross over but you have to like go up um, 14 and a half feet go across and then go back down 14 and a half feet and so we're trying to you know one of the projects is to really try to figure out how to engage make that more processional make it feel like it's part of the campus make it not feel like you're coming to the edge of campus walking across the street walking up 14 and a half feet of stairs walking across this thing and then walking back down 14 and a half feet of stairs and then boom you're in the middle of their um, campus expansion right now it's so very just uh, i gotta go that way um but we want to make it kind of more processional more connected to the old campus make it feel like it's celebrated make it you know feel like it more of a ceremony type thing than rather than kind of like pull-offs and where you can sit and you can kind of survey the 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 new the new part of campus because you're up high and you kind of like look down and it's like the athletic departments the new nursing schools there you know, dorms are going to be there eventually there are all sorts of really cool things that are planned for it and just looking at these trips that you can take like the high line was a, is a great example and and they and they had thought about that when they were thinking about this new bridge it's just like how can we make it more of just a utilitarian bridge but make it more of an experience Very and cool. you know you don't you don't get to you don't do that by just like flipping through a magazine and trying to mimic something it's you do that when you experience places like that i mean neil you don't do like splitting a building apart because now you're going to convince you know you're going to have to convince them to spend a little bit more money because now you're making one building into two, but what you're doing is you're creating an experience, right? And to be able, to, you wouldn't know that you know you wouldn't know to even do that if you weren't just even if it's purely subconsciously, you wouldn't know that if you didn't experience some of these places. And that, as we've said countless times is it i know evan is a huge preacher of that and for for good reason of getting out there and experiencing things and seeing things and kind of broadening your your palate yeah yeah hey so i've got an idea um why don't we stop here in the in the uh to respect your time cormac and you get on the road and go to falling water and we'll pick this conversation back up in the next episode and talk about what you experience there. And then I can talk about what my plans are for the summer. Does that sound good? Sure. Sounds like yeah. a plan. I think that that... We're gonna, a little teaser. Yeah, a little teaser there. I like that. I think That's it would be great. cool to kind of see this or hear this play out full circle. Because I think it would oh, be yeah, cool yeah. to hear the experiences that your family has and then... Um, we can talk a little bit more about um, what the AIA's tours are coming up. They've got a bunch of different locations. We'll put the link to that in our show notes. But if you don't click on the link to the AIA uh, thing, let, let me just tell you about it. They're, they're going to be going to, in 2018, which the, the bookings open up for this this summer. So just to kind of build on their ad a little bit. They're going to Germany. They're going to go to the Bauhaus. They're going to Miami. Oh, they're going to Lisbon and the London, the Lisbon to London cruise. They're doing the Rhine River cruise. They're going to Eastern Europe. So Budapest, Krakow, I mean, Prague, Vienna. They're doing Portugal and Southern Spain. You can go to uh, Japan, Montreal, the Southwest of the United Kingdom and Cambodia. And then they have even some more potential tours on top of that. So 
um, there's a lot of stuff going on where you can be like specifically doing architectural sightseeing tours with a guide from the AIA who is um, well versed in that area. And I think that, you know, we could continue this architectural adventures um, conversation into our next episode. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, there's definitely a couple of those you mentioned. Uh, places I've been, actually, a, a couple of them. And then just, yeah, it sounds like fantastic trips. So, definitely recommend it. We all know how hard it is to plan these trips. And so I think that's one of the, the draws to this is you don't have to do that. You can kind of just show up and be led through this. And and there's something that's like really relaxing about that. You know, just take, especially if your interests are, are being taken into account as an architect. So very cool. Right. Absolutely. You had mentioned it to, to Neil, you know, when we were talking about his New York trip, it's like, were you looking at architecture? And, you know, maybe subconsciously you were and, you know, consciously you were just kind of experiencing the city and stuff. But I love to go to architecturally slanted places that I know are going to be all sorts of different things. And I may be taking my kids to Philadelphia and going to different museums and things like that. And to me, I'm wanting to like enrich their education and kind of showing them, you know, different art in different community type spaces and stuff like that. But I'm also going because I want to see good architecture. You selfish. And, <laughs> and, and it, but the, the thing about it is, is that I'm trying not to be selfish by finding things that I can do with them yeah. at the places that I really want to go. Yep. Like today I will be going to falling water and I really want to go see the building. My wife really wants to go see the building. I don't know whether or not my kids want to go see. They'll go through the building on the tour because I've already paid for it. <laughs> but, but they're also going to, you know, they'll they'll have fun going. Oh, this will be something and, that and they'll just, always remember. I mean, it's it, yeah. it's going to affect them in ways you you have no idea. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But I mean, also, what what are other things there that I can kind of help them do? And and Neil, you were just like, you know, hey, we we stopped and we had ice cream on the High Line. Well, you know what? Just having ice cream on the High Line while you're overlooking the Hudson River and kind of immersed in the middle of all of these buildings and stuff, they may not have, you may not have intentionally done that, but that is purely an architectural experience. Oh yeah, no, they're they're kids of architectural parents, so they they have no hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. All right, well, stay tuned for part two coming up next episode. First, we want us to thank our sponsors, RCAT. Check out all the features they offer over at rcat.com. And we also sponsored by Architectural Adventures, which is the official travel program of the American Institute of Architects. Thanks to both of them for sponsoring this episode. And remember to visit the website, archispeakpodcast.com, for links to our catalog of episodes and to sign up for our newsletter, which includes links to everything we mention in the episode. And between episodes, join the conversation on our Facebook page or through Twitter. Links to everything can be found at arcaspeakpodcast.com. Stay subscribed, everyone, and thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Have a good trip. And uh, cue up your best canned heat and get on the road again. Absolutely. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See you. You have to walk it, you can start now Or you can hang your head and despair 
yummy road will take you there. They may tell you that you'll never recover, baby. I'm Discipline. 